0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Game of Love. I'm your host, Jessica Smith.
1: And I am your co-host, Rashawn Sanchez, and I just totally cut her
0: off because I'm a rude-ass bitch. (laughs) No, you're just excited.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited. We're
0: excited because we have an amazing show today.
1: This episode is going to be phenomenal. I cannot fucking wait. We have our very own celebrity residential astrologer, Matthew Banyuk joining us all the way from canada welcome matthew we're thrilled to have you hey
2: girls thank you so much i'm extremely excited to be here
0: thank you for being here matthew it's such a pleasure again like rashaan said you are our new resident celebrity astrologer and you're also the founder of stillwater alchemy a holistic business focused on transforming mind body and soul and you specialize in spiritual fields of astrology, tarot, and you offer accountability and support through your coaching and mentorship. That's very impressive.
2: All the the things. I like to wear a lot of hats.
0: Well, again, thank you for being here. We are thrilled to have you here. We are going to be talking about unlocking the secrets of astrology to enhance your love and sex life, aren't we?
2: Yes. A very juicy topic to explore and one that gets discussed a lot and a lot of opinions are formed but i'm glad that we have this opportunity to really dive into these topics from an ancient astrology perspective traditional and a more modern approach to actually give everyone the tools to help them with love and sex and compatibility and all the things that of course everyone is interested in
0: you
1: know i like that you mentioned the the modern aspects of it because there has been an insane rise in astrology from a pop culture perspective, right? You can't, my daughter loves sending me TikToks that are like, oh look, I'm a Scorpio and here's all these things about Scorpios. And I just, I'm dying. Cause it's like, where's the the viability in this? It's everywhere you turn. And maybe mm-hmm. it's just my algorithm cause I'm a, I'm a spiritual bitch, but.
2: It really, I do think it's linked directly to TikTok. Like I remember 2019, early 2020, my one friend is like, you should go on TikTok. I was like, no, (laughs) and then now it's just literally exploded. And you can just instantly gain, quote unquote, notoriety, fame, again, quote unquote, expertise by being an astrologer on TikTok. And all these people are just recycling trash. Like none of it's true. Like anyone that's really studied astrology for decades, they just shake their head at that because majority of it, in my opinion, is incorrect.
0: Mm. Well, it's so deep and complex mm. the world of ast- of astrology and I feel like a lot of these pop astrologers are uh really more surface level. And I would say I would say the positive side of it, it's kind of a gateway drug. You know, it like gets people in the door. It's like, ooh. Yeah. You know oh you're a Scorpio and this is how you date and this is how you behave and this is what's gonna happen then it, it right. sucks and pulls people in so then they can find you the expert and you can you can give it to them real and, and correct
2: And the thing is, like, there are just so many branches of astrology, like, if we're talking about love and sex, we're talking about synastry. So you'd have a couple or you'd look at your lover or partner's chart to see where the compatibility is. And for some people, they really also need communication, in addition to their love life for that relationship to form and to grow. And just looking at your sun sign, which 99% of people do. You're not even tapping the surface truly on the beauty of what your astrological chart can reveal to you.
0: Right.
1: And well, Which like is I... true because we focus so much on the sun sign, which there we're varied, varied people. Like the chart is incredibly important, but there's a big three that we really should be paying attention to.
2: Yeah, especially if we're looking at the big three, quote unquote, or sun, rising and moon. <laughs> that can give a greater scope of understanding. But even if we're just talking about sex to be straight up, of course, Venus and Mars. That's where you really wanna look to. And that's where I would look to even more sometimes than sun rising moon. Because if you just wanna go sexual compatibility, look at Mars, obviously, and then Venus. That is gonna give you such a clear and concise formula. And then Mars and Venus's relationship, their aspects. An aspect is how planets see one another, if they make strong aspects to the sun and the moon or the partner sun and the moon, then you're going to really see what you want to know for all the good bits.
0: I love that. So would Venus and Mars, is it a little yin and yang? Is it a little masculine and feminine dynamic that they got going on?
2: Exactly. Sometimes the beauty of astrology is just the literal manifestation of what you could deduce from that without having any real knowledge.
0: Lovely. Well, going back to the big three, um, do you want to share with us and, and with the audience the big three and, and what they are? Because I think there's a lot of confusion around what they are right. and um, it's starting to get kind of cool to know what your rising is and what your moon is and and when I talk to people when I'm out in the world and, and they, uh, they might have an inkling of, of what theirs is or they might know what the rising sign is or whatever, they don't know exactly what that means. They're like, oh, I'm a Libra rising, but I have no idea what that means, but I'm a Libra rising.
2: For sure. So to find out these details, you will need to know your exact birth time, which I understand some people don't have that. I always recommend if they knew that they were born at a certain hospital to contact that hospital because usually that information is there even if you have to pay a minor fee sometimes they were born in a village or they just don't have the information which is fine but if you do have your exact birth time then you can go on multiple websites you just literally google it and then you can fill in all the details and you'll find out so with the sun if we're just going to go cliff notes here. Your spirit, it can be seen as like the ego identity where you're meant to, quote unquote, shine in this world. The rising is often how you see the world and how the world first sees you. So a lot of people will say, well, I don't really identify as a Gemini if that's their sun sign. But let's say their rising would be Sagittarius, for example, where they have that more jovial, expansive, flamboyant, generous nature. And even the rising sign plays a pretty big part in your physical appearance. And then the moon represents the emotions, our body, how we express those emotions. Are we more emotionally available? Let's say where our heart and our sleeves are a bit more reserved. So again, there are certain signs like the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, which are generally more emotional. But if you had a sun sign, let's say that was Pisces, but maybe your moon, is Aquarius or Capricorn which can be a bit more cool or reserved with their emotions generally speaking then that could show someone where oh I thought you said you're a Pisces but you're not really showing the general Piscean characteristics that's where you want to look to the entire chart because it's not just going to be solely based on the sun.
0: Got it
1: that is incredibly interesting to me Mm. I mean it really is you have you have who you are or how you represent to the world, who you actually are, and then the, the piece of you that you keep kind of hidden from everybody else when you're on your own. And that's super, the, the, the levels of existence and how we operate in our day to day is just incredibly fascinating to me.
0: It really is. And I think it's so fun to play a guessing game when you meet people. And you start to ask them, you're like, I'm picking up on this, but I see this and again, like I said earlier, it is very complex and I like we talk about astrology together all the time and all we're always time. laughing because people look at me, I'm a Libra rising, and they're like, Oh, she's fun and playful and easygoing. But when you spend some time with me, I mean, I am those things, but I am really a Virgo and I'm very methodical and I'm analytical and I'm serious and everything. And when you really spend time with me, like, you know, you're one of my Mm -hmm. best friends in this world. And, you know, you see a side of me that's very deep and passionate, the sag in me.
1: Yes. And the
0: sag in me loves the sag in you.
1: Girl, of course she does. (laughs) Ow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it is interesting, though. And, you know, I actually use this as a metric on dates because um, I am very into astrology, and not everybody is. And you don't have to be. I'm not going to, you don't have to be, you know, into these things for me to date you. But I will bring up that I am into astrology and, and where your placements are, and they matter to me just mm-hmm. to see how this person's going to react, to see if they're going to be, if they're going to invalidate those feelings or if they're gonna be like oh that's interesting I'm not super into it but tell me more about why you are or if they're gonna be like oh you believe that shit like yeah that's a real quick indicator if we're having a second drink or not for me
0: well and if they say you're into that shit and if they're like well tell me about it if there's a little if there's a little peak of interest there I'll run with that I'll be yeah. like well let's talk about it it's fun and then I will get excited and I will start talking about it Okay, so Matthew, I I want to I want to share something with you that okay. I've done <laughs> in my love and dating life and I want to get your either approval or disapproval on this, okay? <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I have the zodiacs categorized when it comes to my love life. So, I yep. have the no-go zone. <laughs> okay. I have the fun zone. Yep. And then I have the compatible will date marry zone. How do you feel about that?
2: So here's my thing. I've had friends, clients ask me a very similar question. And I I had two lovers that both of them were amazing, went on a couple dates, and then I looked at their charts. I would solely go off the chart on who I would choose if I had to choose one over the other. Mm. That's me personally, some people listening might roll their eyes, but I've just, again, read hundreds, probably thousands of charts at this point. And you know what energies are gonna be compatible and what you want in a relationship and what isn't. But we just talked about just how you can't just go off the sun sign. So it would be hard to say these signs, even if you're like rising and moon or these archetypes maybe might be a better way to describe it of Mm. these are my no-go, these are my fun. (laughs) And then you're the ones that I want to pursue further. But it is tricky because you're like, I never want to date a Gemini as an example. (laughs) Maybe that's me projecting. I don't
0: date (laughs) them either. Sorry,
2: Gemini's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then you have
2: all these beautiful characteristics where the Venus and Mars are in good aspect or maybe they have a beautiful imagination or super spiritual. It's hard just to paint one sign sure. with one stroke because being a Scorpio, Gemini's and Scorpio's often get painted in a bad light on all these pop astrology sure. topics. So. I feel that when people are like, I would never want to date this one son. It's like, well, hold on, let's <laughs> go a little bit deeper into this.
0: Right. Even those Gemini's out there that we are just bashing on. And by the way, one of my best friends is a Gemini. So no, I, I mean, we love Gemini's love over them. here. We are just Every kidding. Every
2: sign has their pros and their cons. Obviously, Ones that have done the work to become more evolved and the ones that have the shadow aspects that they had integrated, so to speak.
0: Right. Yeah. So... um uh, my approach there's some holes in it and now that i i have your number when i am dating someone i'm just gonna hit you up and be like matthew run the charts let's see let's see where these placements are exactly. so for the people who don't have your phone number <laughs> 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 what what can they do to figure out what they need to be looking for in a partner astrologically for excellent compatibility
2: well here's the thing even when i just kind of made that joke about gemini's i am Even though I present maybe as more extroverted and outspoken, I am more introverted in my level of like, I don't want to be going out all the time. I want to save my energy, especially since I'm talking to people all day at work. And so certain people, when they have those times to be intimate, they want to go out, they want to talk, they want to go to concerts and shows and do all these things. So if you know, just off the get go, you're more extroverted and you want that in a partner, or maybe you're a bit more introverted. And again, the old standby of opposites attract. So even just knowing that in astrology, the water signs and the earth signs are known as quote unquote feminine introverted signs and air and fire or more extroverted. And so if you look at your chart and you have a combination of all the elements, which is rare, but it does happen, you're more balanced so that you can kind of go either way. But if you have a surplus of one or two elements, those are probably going to be signs and elements that you resonate with. And then if you're lacking one or two maybe that can be where that opposite attracts energy comes in that you know that those energies are going to help you expand in ways or really balance you out so i think that's what i would recommend is when you look at your chart see how many of the signs and what elements you have and which ones you feel like you resonate more with and then that's where maybe you can categorize if you have that more analytical virgo nature about you or just seeing in the past who your friends are who past lovers have been what signs keep coming up again and again, mm-hmm. and which one you haven't. And again, don't be jaded because again, I believe subconsciously if we in any part of our life have one bad experience and shut that off, right. then we're just mm-hmm. telling ourselves that we would never date that archetype or that zodiac sign kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Something interesting that I've noticed, and I, I, I wonder if you two have experienced this, and Matthew, your clients have done this. I've noticed throughout my love life that I will often have certain zodiac signs come in like there'll be an influx of leos and i'm like and that's like a spiritual ping to me that i'm like okay obviously i have something to work on and through or a gift from these lovely leos or i I will just notice that there will be an abundance of a certain zodiac that will come in and that is always a, a just kind of an indicator to me how do you feel about that guys
2: I mean, I personally love that. I think it just depends how spiritual one is to kind of pick up on that because I do think some clients go overboard and they try and look for a sign in any single thing that comes up throughout the day. But if you do keep attracting one sign in any part of your life, whether it's colleagues, collaboration, friends, lovers, I do think that there is something that you're meant to learn from that or it's just mirroring your own energy. So if you keep attracting Leos, you're now meant to shine, stand in your power, exude your talents, beauty, confidence. I do think that there is something to be said. Either we're now amplifying that energy in ourselves, or it's maybe something that is being revealed to us that there's an opportunity to grow into that type of energy.
1: I, love I that. am a Leo rising. So you just mm. pulled that right in here.
0: You know, I love all your fire, your double fire. My double
1: fire. Thank I do. you. Yes. I, get, I get told to turn it down a lot by
0: people. I'm oh, no, like, I say turn I'm it I'm not up. turning shit down, people. <laughs> like, turn it up. <laughs> this is who I am. You're not going to scorch this earth over here, honey, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> I know I'm not. You know, it's really interesting to me when we think about astrology and placements and just, like, the sheer randomness is the word I'm going to use in this moment of that exact moment of birth and what that actually means for you and how it's going to affect your life. And I think, you know, a lot of people look to, I like to have an annual reading done. Typically, (laughs) I didn't do one last year in 2020, which is interesting. And I have had the most fucked up crazy year of my existence. I probably should have done one, but I like to do one around my birthday of like a what to expect situation. But I think a lot of people look at it as like, Predicting the future. Predicting the future. Um, I know how to speak. I'm on a I'm on a podcast. I speak I speak words greatly. Um Is that a thing? Can 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 your natal chart can this actually like predict your future?
2: So here's my opinion. I think that the phrase it's written in the stars is very applicable. I think these transits, the planets that you have in your natal chart can meet you halfway. But if you're not going to do the work, if you're not going to say yes to that date, that lover, if they're professing your love and you still haven't worked through your traumas and your pains. These planets aren't going to create miracles. Just like if you have a difficult transit or maybe in your chart, love is a bit harder to come by. It doesn't mean that you're doomed forever. Like I've just had so many clients and my heart breaks when they say, well, this astrologer said this, or this said that that would never happen. Or I went to a palm reader when I was five and they said, I would never find love. It just truly breaks my heart. And I think with, spirituality in general not just astrology and with social media becoming more infused into our mainstream lives more than ever has before truly discernment needs to come into this so that you're not taking the opinion of one person as gospel no matter who it is no matter what clout they have because at the end of the day you still have your intuition and the power to change anything and i mean jess i had the lovely opportunity of speaking with you last night about your own natal chart and again i asked you intuitively where do you feel like the next 12 months are going given that you just had your birthday a few months ago and truly annual perfections are a timing technique that you can look at at your solar return so at your birthday and that is a very strong predictive measure of what the next 12 months is going to be so in astrology we don't look at a new year necessarily as january 1st we look at a new year starting your birthday and that's truly a new chapter so Rashawn, it's brilliant that you already had that intuitive knowledge of every birthday that you feel called to address your chart and see what major themes will be coming up
1: yeah you know I get faced with so many things where I mean I think this is human nature we second guess ourselves kind of like across the board in terms of decisions and we all have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of things on our plates and for me by doing that i kind of have a better picture of what the energy is what's what i'm really calling in what's kind of existing around me so i am prepared to deal with those things i have a lot of very difficult people in my life and this last year's <laughs> done a lot i've done a lot of cutting my scissors my spiritual scissors have been real handy yeah. they just did it just cut left and right i'm over here sewing new dresses with these my little cinderella mouse scissors um but it, it is interesting to me to look at that and to really kind of predict what's going to happen, especially if you are in a position where you are wanting to call in a, a lasting love or mm-hmm. B, a really exciting sex life where you're just calling in passionate, wonderful lovers. Um, who are really just going to make you feel really, really good, and what that is going to look like for the next the next couple of months. I encourage all of our listeners to 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 do this, to have a full chart reading done, to to do something on their birthday, to prepare for the year that's up ahead, and just to kind of set themselves up. For me, it's just a a another tool in my toolbox of spiritual wellness, including regular mental therapy and and spiritual wellness and tarot and astrology and all of those things. They just make me feel like a more whole human. I joke all the time that I'm a reluctant human. I don't know what I'm here for, but I don't think it's to be a human. And so I'm just really reluctant about this process in general (laughs) and it helps me feel better. That's all that matters, right?
0: Well, Matthew, I love that you were talking about discernment in the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. And you and I were talking last night about my background and I've been around the spiritual block several times and I've, I've been around the world and I've been with different teachers and with the the huge influx of pop astrology right now, people do need to be very to use your word very discerning about who they let in. And so to the people who are either in this place and and you want to get readings and you want to branch out spiritually um, or if you're new to this and you're you know like just curious and want to get out there. I would say really listen to your intuition because there are so many people out there. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times a week that I'm, I hear from people like, hey, I, I did a reading with this person or I met with this person. And I always check in with my intuition and myself. And nine times out of 10, I say, no, thank you, but thank you. <laughs> and um, I just wanted to share with the audience. Uh, the first time I saw one of your videos, Rashawn sent me one of your videos. And instantly it, I was like, yes, yes. And there was something that I was so drawn to you and I felt safe and I'm like, yes, this is our, this is our person. This is my person. And cause I've had readings with people. Um, I'm not gonna name any names, but there was this celebrity astrologer that I was introduced to and came with the singing endorsement. And this woman, we did a reading together and she couldn't remember my name. Wow. And she called me Jennifer the entire time. And I was like, <clears throat> if you can't even get my name right, like how, how are you able to tell me deep, intimate detail? You know, and I was just a little put off. So I just really encourage our audience to, you know, if you get recommendations from people, if you, if you see people, just follow your own guidance. Of who you want to allow into your spiritual p- place because it is a sacred place that you need to treat like your temple and you need to treat it with reverence and not everybody gets to come into your divine space ladies and gentlemen
2: i agree and i think just with anything like if you were to buy a home or even rent a hotel for a vacation you would read the reviews you would research that topic so if you're going to invest any significant amount of money just do a little bit of research to make sure that you can understand how they speak. Because astrology is, there's just so many layers, and it is like a different language. And so the astrologer has to be able to convey those messages in a way that you understand, in a way that is digestible. So all the information can be correct. If it's going way over your head, then what's the point of investing any time or money to get a reading with that astrologer, tarot reader, whoever it may be?
0: I love that. Let's talk about love dating sex and relationships and and how uh how you are able to look at people's charts and give them useful information and and help them navigate the space because uh i am i'm gonna place a safe bet saying one of the biggest if not the biggest question you get from people is matthew tell me about my love life (laughs)
2: uh yes, I would probably say 90%. It's interesting that when people are embarrassed about it, I don't understand obviously we're meant to connect with others, our community, our family, lovers, friends it doesn't matter who it is. So when people are embarrassed about that, it's almost like they're blocking that from coming in because why should you be embarrassed about love that it's just be it's like being embarrassed about money or energy or food it doesn't make any sense. So if we want to go straight to relationships and sex, In your natal chart, there are 12 different houses that represent different parts of your life. And so they say that the ruler of the seventh house and so the planet that rules over that sign is going to be very indicative of the type of mates or lover or marriage that you're likely to attract or be drawn to in this lifetime. And so it can get a bit complicated because you're going to look at the planet that rules the seventh house what house that planet's in and the aspects that that planet's going to make. And there's even more timing techniques, but just to keep it simple for the sake of this podcast and for those who might be brand new to astrology, let's say, Jess, will use you as an example. You're a Libra rising, so you have Aries ruling your seventh house. The ruler of Aries is Mars. So with that more Martian archetype or even just the Aries is probably going to be something that you will attract or at one point in your life you're going to want. So more independence, that alpha male, someone who can pioneer and forge ahead, someone who mm-hmm. knows what they want. And that fire energy as well is going to really resonate strongly given that you also have your moon sign in Sagittarius. So just mm-hmm. these little things alone you can deduce as to what is maybe pulling you or what you actually are going to resonate with in a marriage long-term. And then if we want to go even a layer more specific, if you have certain houses, pardon me, certain planets in that seventh house, that's going to even color that even further as to what's going to be a prominent energy in your marriage or what you're going to look for even more. Cause I have sometimes, if we're looking at the quote unquote, malefic planets, Mars and Saturn, if they show up in the seventh house, It can manifest in a few ways naturally especially if there are other aspects but saturn can represent finding marriage older in life usually after your first saturn return so 28 to 30 or it can manifest in that you're going to put so much work into your marriage and that's going to be a commitment that's always going to be one of the first things you put energy towards but it's very common when you have saturn in aspect to the seventh house Or the ruler of the seventh, that marriage just comes later, or it may be a bit difficult depending on the placements and the aspects.
0: Which that is good to have that heads up. You know, if if you have that come up in your chart, then you can be prepared. I mean, there might be a little like (sighs) a little disappointment around that. And it's nice to know that that is your situation. And then you can do what you need to do to remedy it and make it a more pleasurable experience uh so i'm curious
1: yeah. i'm curious after hearing that sorry matt i matthew um do you feel disappointment knowing that oh. i love to put jessica on the hot spot when she says something and then i love to look at her and be like how does that make you feel <laughs> does that um, just thinking about that like knowing that are you like oh because you've you've lived a life right and you've had a beautiful loving i'm experience. really like
0: 876 years i know old.
1: you look phenomenal Thank you. It's my the botox. god
0: it's the botox <laughs> Um, I actually, um, uh, so Matthew, are you saying that in my, in my seventh house, do I have Saturn and Mars? Is it, is it? No, deep? I was just
2: giving a general example. Oh, good. Example. I was
0: like, what? Yes. What, Matthew, what is in my seventh house? Can you, can you share?
2: I can share. So if we look at this, so Jessica, and we were talking about this yesterday, how in your seventh house it is empty. It's just a descendant angle. And you were worried because, okay. oh, does that mean that? <laughs> not going to have it that there's (laughs) nothing there and that's definitely not the case it's just showing that when you have transits go through aries and even every aries season when for sure the sun is going to be moving through your seventh that will be a time where you're going to be spending more effort and energy on all relationships not just marriage because if we're looking at sex and romance that's also in the fifth house so you can look to the sign that rules the fifth house and what planet rules that as well. So, I mean, Jess, you are kind of like, oh no, my fifth house is empty too. Does that mean I'm not gonna have any sex and romance? But we soon talked about that, given that your fifth house is ruled by Aquarius. Right now we have Jupiter in Aquarius, which is a very benevolent planet that it's more and more and more. And Jupiter is making a trine, a very favorable aspect to your natal Mars in your first house. So you have jupiter this beautiful planet that just gives all the options and all the blessings making a trine to the ruler of your seventh so we are talking about how this can be a very benevolent fortunate time for love and romance right now
0: well i'm really excited and i loved our reading last night and talking about this this moment in time when you're like your your sex uh, is it your house that we were talking about? I want to make sure I get the terminology correct. The house.
2: Yeah. The fifth house. The house fifth,
0: house. The, fifth yeah. house, the house of sex is empty. And I'm like, <gasps> I-, I think I got a little teary eyed. You're like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> and then the rest of my reading, I was telling Rashawn this morning, I'm like, well, Matthew said, it's just going to be, it's going to be raining money, raining men, raining sex, raining abundance.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, it's like, it's raining men is the song that's playing in my head. Now As I'm going to go get and wet. Tw-
1: the imagery that just popped into my head thank you for that bank that one for later um (laughs) well that's really interesting to me especially when you look at that in conjunction um when you are talking about the fifth and the seventh house and and how they can be quote unquote empty um and yet there's still so much more to be interpreted there which is just like my mind is blown matthew can i ask what's uh what are your placements there in your fifth and seventh house
2: so again, mine are empty as well. And so it's interesting too, because the ruler of my fifth is Venus. And then I have Venus squaring a lot of things in my chart and the ruler of my seventh is squaring Saturn. But that has not deterred me from having-
0: Good for you. A lot of
2: fun <laughs> and a lot of <laughs> But it does show as well that you wanna look at Venus as, of course, romance, love, how you love, what you also need back in relationships. So even going back to Jess as your example, and this is true for all Libra risings listening, that, like we said, the ruler of your seventh house will be Aries if you are a Libra rising, which means Mars is the ruler of that seventh house. And Mars is also the ruler of Scorpio. And for all Libra risings, Scorpio rules to the second house, which means that finances, money, security is always going to be infused into marriage. And that's always going to be a topic of contention or just something that you want to have set as a foundation before you would marry that individual. So it is interesting for every rising sign, there is going to be a topic that is linked to the topic of marriage Mm. and what you want to consider as maybe a secondary energy when approaching that time in your life.
0: So Matthew, what you're saying is, I need a rich, I'm sorry, a rich Aries man, is what you're saying. Yeah, and the good (laughs) thing is,
2: generally Aries are quite ambitious and focused on being the best at anything they do, so it usually goes part and parcel. But it doesn't, I mean, wealth is different for everyone, right? But generally speaking, the finances would be something that all Libra risings would want to address in their marriage.
1: Interesting. So are are the... Are my fifth and seventh house house empty as well? There's no, no. way I would. Like like Rashawn, yours full. is like
2: literally exploding. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I, <laughs> knew I knew it. I house. knew it. <laughs> and so, if Rashawn, can you see this chart right now, Rashawn, on your end?
1: No, unfortunately, I can't.
2: Let me see if I can just play with this.
1: Great. So funny, Jessica. While he pulls that up, your DMs are going to be flooded Ooh. with Aries men with there. good jobs. So it'll be
0: like, guess what? what? Baby, (laughs) you know, bring it, bring it, gentlemen. Oh, look at that! Oh my goodness, they are so. Rashawn,
2: you have a Sagittarius stellium in your fifth house. So a stellium is when you have three or more planets in a certain house, and so you have Uranus, the Sun, Jupiter, and Neptune, and your South Node there as well. So if we're looking from an evolutionary standpoint, the lunar nodes, the North Node, and the South Node represent points of excess or releasing or just what you were in a past life if you believe in past lives which i do which energies were prominent and where you're moving to now in this timeline but regardless sex has always been very fruitful and prominent in your life and we also find children adventure sport gambling even in the fifth house but for the topic of this podcast yes all the abundance all of the sex is just very key here and i mean you have jupiter making a conjunction with neptune here as well so manifest girl like if you want Whoop. all the good blessings and all the lovers I mean that's very Sagittarian as well kind of linked to that Jupiterian Zeus archetype of just having all the wives and all... <laughs> 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 but yeah that's definitely prominent in your chart
1: that's so interesting I would have died if you don't know like nope yours is empty too I'm like what is going on oh no I knew right intuitively
0: <laughs> yours was exploding oh and, gosh and I also love that the look at your chart and how beautifully balanced and symmetrical and it's i feel like it's sacred geometry it's so beautiful and also my chart i I don't know if if um we can pull that up mine is heavy most of my stuff is on the the left hand side of the chart and i just find that very fascinating like we look at that that is very interesting right it's like your stuff is over there my stuff is over there we're like yin and yang over here
1: well it's probably why everything works out so well why we're such a beautiful balance between the two of us of passion and love and partnership and, and <laughs> constantly you, I, can we're even, not...
2: I can even pull up both of your charts in tandem so you guys can just see it in real time because when you do sinister you can even just see where people fall into your life and the compatibility and the fact that just you have that Sag moon and Rashawn, you're a Sag sun, then of course there's going to be that natural compatibility.
1: It looks mm. so cool. It's so interesting to me. And I think it's so important. Also, I love what you said about the the beautiful geometry of it all when you look at this and Matthew, I'm sure you can, I know you can weigh in on this, but in terms mm. of when we talk about things that are conjunct or when there's trying here, like as we're creating in kind of what the I want to use the word juxtaposition here and I'm going to get roasted because I don't know that I'm using it correctly. But when we think about that in terms of how things relate to one another across the board in our charts and what that actually means. And then when you're trying to come in here of like from a compatibility perspective in a relationship and let's just talk about it from a a strictly like sex perspective because I think we've all been in those relationships where there's one person who's like got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. And the other one's like, I'm fine. Like if we have sex once a month and it's like, how do you find that compatibility and then and then bring yourselves together to work through that? And I think that that does exist in the chart. Would you would I be correct in saying that?
2: One hundred percent. Even just looking at I've seen couples come in and one of their fifth houses be empty and then the other person in the relationship has that stellium that perfectly fits into their partner's fifth house. So they might not have the stellium in their fifth house. But when you look at the partnership, it just lights up that part in the chart and then they both smile they're like yeah our sex life is fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. and it just makes perfect sense that and again maybe in another couple's chart the mercury moon synastry is phenomenal they can have these beautiful in-depth conversations and on the outside they appear like the perfect couple but their sex life is abysmal so it just really depends on what you need and in terms of if sex is really important to the individual, you can look to Mars as well. There are certain placements where Mars is very expressive. And if it makes aspects to other planets that kind of fuel that passion and the need for that in a relationship, it's very apparent. But I think even I watched the TV show Sex Life on Netflix that came out in the spring summer. I found that very interesting. We should probably talk about that in a different podcast. But (laughs) the notion of how it really does play into the marriage. And if you don't acknowledge that, it's just doing yourself a disservice.
1: You want to know what's interesting about that show really quickly since you brought this up? I just want to say this when because everybody was like, you have I can't believe you're not watching the show. And I've still not watched it to this day. I watched a trailer, right? And they're like, we just can't believe you of all people are not watching this. And I said, it's because I have no desire to watch a situation where somebody is unwilling or unable to advocate for themselves in the relationship that they chose to have the sex life that they want like you're not even having this conversation about it you're just willing to be like well i had it this hot crazy passionate thing and i'll never have it again but this person loves me so much it's like where's the communication where's the (laughs) conversation where why does it have to be one or the other why can't it be everything and that probably relates directly into my chart of that mindset where a lot of people look to be like that's not how relationships work and i'm like well it's how my fucking relationships work fuck me right or move on like I don't have time for this shit
0: (laughs) well and and that's one of the reasons why we started our new spinoff show the game of love after dark so we can have these open conversations that we can we can you know, look at it from a educational standpoint to address curiosity, to normalize issues, to explore issues. And um, while we're talking about it, I I would love to share with our audience how, Matthew, you are going to be involved in the game of love after dark. Being our resident astrologer, you are going to do Monthly segments on After Dark, in which you talk about uh, this the season of astrology and the in the zodiac in relation to sex specifically.
2: Yeah, there's always certain parts. Like I do weekly videos as well on my YouTube channel, where I just break down all the trends, so people have a general awareness of how these energies may manifest throughout the week. And if you can look specifically at the transits for sex, and for example, Venus will be going retrograde mid-december and january which we'll discuss more when it comes it's not all bad news but just having this insight and just knowing oh okay i'm feeling this kind of a way and then the astrology is also supporting that let me just have some fun and allow myself to enjoy this transit or this time instead of second guessing everything so having the knowledge and then trusting your own intuition in tandem will make for a very Delectable and informative show, in my opinion.
1: Delectable, he says. That's how we knew the energy was right. He gets the mode and the mood of the show and what it is that we're trying to create. And this is such a big component, I think. When we talk about astrology in general of just knowing and understanding really who you are and how you operate, it's just more insight. It's like when you do shadow work or when you go in and you address inner child issues and you're you're working from therapy and you're you're doing these things. It's just deeper insight into who you are and how you operate so that you can show up every single day (laughs) as the best version of yourself or really be aware of certain things. Like people give me so much shit when they're like, why do you act like this every time you're like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. Give me a few a break. And it's like because it's serious. Affects me and shit goes wrong, and I'm miserable, and I, I guarantee I'm gonna have a breakdown. I mean, when Mercury was retro in retrograde last summer, I was in such a deep, depressive state, Jessica, to pull me out of a hole so dark I couldn't have climbed out of it by myself. And it's funny because people think, Oh, it's such bullshit, and it's like, No, like this is a real, tangible thing. And the deeper we dig, and the more we learn the better we can address these things so we can show up for all the people in our lives, but most importantly, for ourselves
0: in a really beautiful way. Absolutely. And I um, I think you could speak more to this, Matthew, that this is a tool that we can use and we can use it um, very surface level or we can go very deep with it. In my reading with you last mm-hmm. night, and I, I love that we talked about my personality and, and who I am in this world and life purpose and, and all that good stuff. And at the end of our reading, we looked at the year ahead Mm -hmm. and, you know, you were like, okay, well, you know, this month there's a, there's a strong influence of this planet, which promotes this. And so it was lovely to have that heads up to be like, okay, you know, this is, this is, you know, what's uh, more prominent during this time. And then how can we use that tool To our advantage and and this could be things that are you know good news like hey this is a my march is going to be like it's like money march (laughs) that's right and so i know that in march i'm gonna i'm you know going to be in this beautiful financial place and i'm going to be working a lot and then come the next month i'm going to be resting a little bit more and so using astrology as a tool i think is is a is a huge thing um I would love to hear more. And I want to ask you something else that I'm sure you get asked a lot. Timing with love. Yes. Do yes. do P- yes. I, I, How Is it like 99% of people come to you and say, hey, tell me about my love life. When am I going to meet my person?
2: I think they're just kind of curious. And this comes back to just trusting your own intuition. So for example, I had a client one time. She came for a tarot, but she was just talking the topic of love came up naturally and i asked her i was like oh what sign is your venus in is your venus in the sign of cancer and she's like yeah how did you know that because she was saying for the past two years her love life was just something that she didn't really pay attention to she felt more called to focus on work but all of her friends was like no you're beautiful you're this like why aren't you dating you should go on dates date 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 so she felt pressured to date people and just never worked she felt so frustrated that it was this like failed date after failed date and at that point in her life Saturn was in Capricorn making a direct opposition to her natal Venus placement. So that's the thing. Yes, we can look at general transits for everyone. But if there's a certain planet, specifically Saturn, which takes two and a half years to transit to a different sign, it's not saying it's impossible. It's not saying it's not going to work because there could be other aspects to different planets in your chart. But we always look to Venus for love. And so if you have a prominent Venus year, then, of course, that's going to be benefic. Like we were talking about just with annual perfections this year, Venus is your Time Lord. So naturally, relationships and sex are going to be infused into this year. And if we're talking about prominent years where sex and relationship are going to happen, those would be fifth and seventh house annual perfections. So it's even interesting that 16 is a fifth house year. And even the MTV show 16 and pregnant is very prominent because people have sex and they have children at age 16 in that case. and Commonly. And so 16 is a fifth house year. And then that would mean that 18 is a seventh house year. And I mean, back in the day, even like in my parents' generation, After high school, you would get married at around age 18. So it's just interesting how the astrology mirrors that. And then if you want to just do the math every 12 years, you would be hitting another fifth or seventh house year. So it'd be 16, 28, 40, 52. And then prominent marriage years or just topics of relationships would be 18, 30, 42, 54, et cetera.
0: Love that. I'd love to have, again, this tool that if you are... If you're looking for love and you're you're wanting to find your person, and you get a chart reading and it, it, love doesn't seem like it's a big focus, then that's we can go into ourselves and we're like, okay, what are we going to focus on this year? We're going to focus on our health. We're going to focus on our finances. We're going to focus on our family, and and then you know if there's somebody like your client who's getting pressure from the outside world, then that client can turn to you know her people and be like, you know what. This is a year of finances, ladies and gentlemen. Like everybody, just calm down.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll date I'm, when I'm ready. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm give gonna me a break, when, right? I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my Venus, you know, in a couple years, and <laughs> that's when I'll call in my person. Okay, everybody, chill.
1: Everybody, chill. <laughs> so you were saying it's a big year for Venus. You read? Uh, wow, I'm a professional. Uh, you said this on for Jessica's chart, Venus and Scorpio. It's a big year for that. Then, so is that? Is it true for Jessica's t- chart, or is that true for all people who have that uh, Venus in Scorpio placement?
2: So that's just for Jess, okay. given that she just had her birthday a couple of years ago. So like we were talking about earlier in the show, it really is every solar return, every birthday. It really does start a brand new 12-month cycle. So that's just something to note as well, that people are like, I'm going to start in January. This is my year. Sure. But really, astrologically speaking, go with your birthday as intuitively tapping in and What do you want to focus on? And like we've been talking about, because so many people latch on to one thing that they hear. I don't want it to deter anyone if they look at their chart and they say, oh, I have a very difficult aspect with Saturn in relation to Venus or the ruler of my seventh, or it doesn't look like this will happen. You always have free will. You always have autonomy. There's always going to be transits that are favorable to your fifth and your seventh house every single year. So within that year, even if you're so focused on work, it might just be raining men in that one season. You're like, oh, this is amazing. (laughs) Enjoy that downpour. Enjoy that transit. And don't block these blessings. And then truly, if you feel called to have this knowledge, because I do believe that knowledge is power. I think people should be reading, expanding their mind every single day. If this is something that you wish to invest further into, Please consult a professional astrologer, one that you've looked into their work, that you enjoy the way they speak, and that way you'll have the tools, like you said, Jess, in terms of this is a tool that you can use if you so choose. One of my favorite quotes is, millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do
1: ow ow that's a really good saying i hadn't heard that before i love that oh that is good so i'm curious we we hear about this all the time in terms of sexual compatibility right and so you'll hear this uh, for example i'm a sagittarius son and i was out on a date with a sagittarius son last night um and when we both brought that up and talked about our birthdays i had this moment of like it's gonna be fucking fire and mm-hmm. I can't wait for this. We've had to burn some shit down together. Um, <laughs> but is there any truth in that? Because obviously, that's what's sold to us from from a pop culture astrology perspective, right? So, but like, is there truth in, in sexual compatibility with signs specifically? Or is this really a situation where we need to be digging into our charts and really looking at these things deeper?
2: I mean, listen, I had a very similar experience one time I was in Paris and I went on a date with this beautiful man and we talked about astrology and i was like oh i'm a scorpio was like i'm a double scorpio i'm like oh that's fun he's like yes it will be and so like (laughs)
1: there is something that's
2: very sometimes it is just like you're the same sun sign you already have that elemental compatibility you know how the other person operates a little bit it's almost like you can see them and so even just i'm sure you've had the experience you see a virgo it's almost like you get each other it's almost like what i like i'm sure they're gonna like on some level yes And so there is some truth to that, and again, if we want to go even deeper, depending on how, again, serious you are about the astrology, go into the Venus and the Mars. But if you just want to have some fun on a date, yeah, having the same element in your Sun sign is going to work very strongly in your favor, because that's going to just increase the compatibility tenfold.
1: That's amazing. But we would say in this situation, like if it was a Sagittarius and a Scorpio, for example, we mm-hmm. wouldn't be in that position Being like, oh, you're a Scorpio. I'm not I'm not going to spend time with you because that's just going to be naturally combative. Like d- dig deeper, get to know people really is what and we're I saying. I do think like
2: how animals are very instinctual. I think people just kind of know sometimes there is that raw chemistry where it's just this lust and this passion you can just tell by looking at them that you want to fuck them like i Mm -hmm. think that you can't ignore your basic primal instinct urges intuition whatever you want to call it and then you can go further and i think it just comes back to intention like Mm -hmm. you said some people don't need sex and that's okay it's not a very prominent part of their chart or they don't have a very activated mars whatever that may be and that's totally okay but some people do need that and so to diminish that and not view it as important would just be working against themselves
1: yeah it's a really good point i think we do a lot of that working against ourselves or coming in with preconceived notions and not taking the time to dig a little bit deeper and we've already decided before we dig in too deeply but that's not what this show is about so we're not going to have a pop therapy session with me on that <laughs>
0: <laughs> well Matthew, um, we are so excited to have you on this show and to see you every month on the Game of Love After Dark with your yeah. special segments. I cannot wait. Um, this is not being done out out in the world right now. Um, I don't know of anyone who is, is doing something so specialized to have a specific show on astrology and sex i mean that Ooh, just to have that that niche and that
1: i think it's important you know i'm a big believer that there is untold amounts of passion that we can all tap into and if we would just take a little bit of a step back from our own existence and look at this from a broader perspective and realize that by embracing the passion that we can bring one another and the pleasure that comes with that Uh, we might be able to do some really deep healing work for one another, for the collective, for our lovers, for our friends, um, for the people that really matter in our existence. And a big, big piece of that is sitting down and talking about it and realizing like, gosh, you know, I'm not an overly sexual person. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. And I'm going to derive pleasure in other ways and really understanding what that looks like. It's going to be really easy to get down on yourself if you're like, well, I don't want... And I want to fuck people 24-7. Like, I just, I don't, that's not what I'm into. I'm into something, I'm into something different and understanding your chart and recognizing that, but then also knowing how you can tap into your passions and where those lie and where you can derive that pleasure because pleasure in the physical being is one of the best parts of this human experience, the things we can feel and experience through our own touch and through the touch of lovers. And I, I, I want all people to experience that and just walk around feeling euphoric and orgasmic constantly.
0: Uh, Love that intention that was set from your uh, your mouth to God's ear. Um, I love that, and I'm really excited to go on this adventure with you, Matthew, and to to go through the 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 zodiac seasons and see what's in store for us sexually on after dark that it's gonna be really exciting I
1: think it's gonna be amazing and I want to tell all of our listeners who aren't currently following Matthew on Instagram it's at Stillwater Alchemy please do so he's on YouTube as well um I have been following you for a very very long time and I'm very selective when it comes to astrologers and readers that I that I engage with um I'm pretty good at seeing through the bullshit, and I followed you for the longest time, and my favorite thing to do, I I still do it to this day, even after all of this time, is I will go back before you're getting ready to, like, post new videos for the new upcoming season, and I will re-watch the, the prior season that we just finished. So we just moved out of Libra season and into Scorpio. I have not watched any Scorpio season videos yet, but I went back and watched the Libra season before you took them down just to, like reconnect how did this happen and there was I'm texting Jessica and I'm like holy shit I this happened and that happened and I remember listening to it at the time, being like everything's fine in my life none of that's gonna happen and then it all just like crumbled and like he said and I didn't listen I was like Matthew not this month it's all gonna be fine and sure as shit (laughs) so I would encourage any of our followers to go click that follow button, please trust us on this. You're really gonna love these readings and they're being done for the collective as a whole for your followers specifically when you are channeling these messages through. It's a mix of astrology and tarot, which I really, really like. Um, if you've never done a tarot reading, I highly encourage booking one. Um, but for me, it's it's so cool to be able to watch this and know how this relates to your followers in general. And then the way when you do go back and watch and you're like, oh shit, this, this really did happen. I, that really did occur. You wouldn't think it from a from a collective reading perspective, and it's it's pure fucking magic. And I'm I'm obsessed with magic right now. That seems to be my intention in all things is just creating and tapping into the magic. And this is one of those things where. I would love to see everybody getting those same type of situations. And you can DM me too, and I will send you the videos. It's my favorite thing to do. I just go through when they get posted and send them to all of my, my people and their placements.
0: <laughs> well, you talk about being obsessed. I'm obsessed with Matthew now. And uh, I I fell in love when you first sent me one of his videos. And it was back in, oh, it was cancer season. And mm-hmm. the, the Virgo reading for cancer season, you, you were cracking up because you pulled every love card in the deck and you were just laughing. You're like, um, listen, Virgos. It's like, love, 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 love. And then days later I fell madly, deeply in love. And I was like, sold, sold. Matthew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, thank you girls. That's extremely sweet. I just always do it with the intention that, For whoever's meant to watch it at that time or later that it resonates just because there's money everywhere like there's just so much for everyone and i think that there's just so much power in knowledge and having that and consistently growing in that part of your life whether it's physically mentally spiritually sexually financially whatever that means for you and if i can have a page where people can go to to get reliable information that's really important to me. Like I have a very strong mercury placement in my chart. So if there's any way, and I mean, this is very mercurial in how we're sharing this today. And I mean, even with the after dark component as well, being a bit more candid and crass and fun, and just really diving into these archetypes of the astrology and how they can really manifest to like, I would love to like literally break down every Mars sign in Venus and what that means. Cause again, even just having your Venus in a certain sign will denote or reveal potentially what you really need in a lover or that love language so it just is extremely fascinating to me and i'm again grateful for both of your support and your love and just this opportunity to reach your following so they can just get a little bit more with regards to their astrology knowledge and how that can pertain to love and sex and all the good things
1: just spreading all the love and pleasure
0: and you know that's (laughs) that's what we do around here that's what we do yeah it is you gotta make the people feel good life's hard enough that's right Mm -hmm. Um, For all of you who are listening, you can go to the show notes and you can get all the contact information from Matthew, his website's there, Instagram, all that good stuff. So you can contact him. You can go to his website and you can book sessions, uh, the natal readings, tarot readings, uh, all that good stuff. You will find all of Matthew's contact information there. And um, like Rashawn said, go follow him and
1: do follow engage soak it up uh, also a beautiful human and so not to objectify you here it's my favorite thing to do i mean please i just so <laughs> fucking delightful to just look at with great smile and great energy and so just go enjoy and dive in a little bit and just fucking embrace the darkness of this existence and and, and find embrace ways the play the light. Oh, yeah. I'm all about the darkness, and Jessica's all about the light. I love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matthew, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great to have you, and we are so excited to have you on our new show, After Dark, very, soon. Yeah, I'm
2: so excited for After Dark. I think it's just going to be such an invaluable resource, especially for those that want to go deeper and truly understand themselves in that sexual, intimate, more vulnerable way, especially in how that relates to everything that we just talked about.
1: Yeah,
0: it's gonna be so freaking hot. Yes. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you. For- thank you. Thank you, Rashawn, for being my lovely co-host. Thank you, Jessica, for being mine. And thank you to everyone who's watching. We're sending you tons of love. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. You know how to find us. Go to the show notes, follow us, and then DM us and in- send us some love because we want to send you some love right back. Okay. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening until next time, get out there and love each other.